127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, Face Clan crew? Oh my word. Also the podcast crew, welcome in. What, uh, what did he call me? Face Clan crew. Shout out Tuesday at 6. It's his, people. It's his, it's his whole Garrett Davis thing. Phase he's, up, He's bro. running the... Phase up, man. He's running it now. Garrett Davis is in charge of Tuesdays at 6. You can't convince me otherwise. Wow. You think he's... Uh, just kidding. I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> he is now the dictator. There. Yeah? You and Kate I, simply serve him. No, I think Kate's the dictator. Listen, uh, uh, Kate's boss lady. She, <laughs> she bosses that. I walked study. in on that Bible study. She is boss lady. Yeah, she is. I've been on the planet longer than you guys. Yeah, a little uh, bit. I don't even. I don't even you've know. Been what ministry you, longer than we've been on the planet. I don't even know what you just said. Phase. Phase clan. P H A S E. No, F A Z E. This is their symbol. Phase. Phase up. F A Z E. Made up word. Y- no. What does is that it, mean? What? It's, it's. That's for sure a made up word. No. Look it up. Listen. No. Don't actually. Captain, don't don't look it up. Captain oh, Dictionary yeah, over there. No, true. don't look it up. I'm gonna go ahead and look it up. If you gonna put you gonna put this on the podcast and oh, then tell no. me not to look no. at it. <laughs> no, don't look. I just know it's, it's a, a video the first game thing group. that came up was a Counter Strike. Yes. Counter Strike claim. Yes, that's the right one. That is the right one. What, just don't look up the. Okay, what are you like, talking about Counter Strike? It's no. a video game. So crew. it's a video game clan. But it's but because so I know what Counter Strike is. The street definition's not good. I live with Jack Lou. I know what Counter Strike is. The so just go by that. That it's a it's a gaming clan like it's like their sign they're like phase up, you know. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever going to come to Tuesday Bible Study again. Well, the we've bed. been ta- we've been talking about it for the past three weeks, and I said it from stage on Sunday because yeah, he Garrett did. asked me to. I, I Thank you. Regret it a little bit, but there we we allow though. We said like one of our questions. I think it was week two. Is like, do you want to be a part of Phase Clan? So there are people in our Bible City that just aren't a part of it, which is fine. That, that feels. Is Kate part of it? Yes. Yeah, she was forced. Maybe, maybe that's why she's so mad. <laughs> she's mad. Always mad. To no, disturb the composure of dis disconcert or what? daunt. Nothing phased her. <laughs> Criticism did not seem to phase the writer. So the issue that people have had is in our Bible city. They and this is this is kind of their fault because they looked at the Urban Dictionary definition of it. Yeah, you don't look at Urban Dictionary. Yeah, dictionary. because everything on there is going to be inappropriate. And that phase up is falls right into that category. So just don't look it up. So uh, Urban Dictionary would be like Wikipedia, right? Like people can go on there yes, and, and add anything they and want add to. whatever it's they a want scary to. Scary place at any point. Yeah. Why? There's two things that are happening there. People getting to define whatever they want to word wise and mm. be a, be offended or not offended by whatever. But also, have you ever gotten on Wikipedia and they ask you for money? Have you seen that? Like, yes, if you look at, at the something top, like, hey, like donate, keep to, supporting us. Yeah. Like, how is that even a thing when you're just relying on other people to? I, I guess know. you're just hosting. They're, I don't know how that works. Honestly, they're just really good at this business scheme they got going on. I'll give it to them. I it's like know. Goodwill. Off of other people working. It's like Goodwill. Yeah, you know, you know, how Goodwill works. Right? I mean, that dude's loaded. Yeah. And basically, it's like, hey, donate your stuff. That's insane. To me for free. Yep. I'm gonna resell it, it to people underneath this idea that I'm gonna give certain individuals 
opportunities to have jobs so like special needs or vets or older people like i'm going to give them a place to work i'm going to pay the minimum wage Mm. and i'm going to bring home a ton of money it's it's the youth garage sale that we do at the church (laughs) bring us all your stuff and we'll sell it that one's a ton of work it works um but that's a wild business plan it really is you should get in on that like we gotta get i mean we have something going on here but for the college ministry yeah Goodwill me, College. How can me and John make money off of college students? That's <laughs> not, not a good idea. College students, do you have any ideas? Let us know. We got the wrong yeah, audience. Kind of the wrong audience there. All of the poor people. Well, we're in a we're in a fun room right now. I kind of just yeah. want to make this announcement because it's exciting. Hey. We're in a. So for those who do attend, um, we're behind the screen on the right. Just telling everybody where our secret, secret yeah, space is. Well, they don't know how to get up here. Tell them where our is, dude. They can't get up here. Yeah, they don't know how to get up. A bad cave, man. We we have a ladder and we crawl in through the screen. Basically. Um, we take the screen apart each Sunday. Yeah. Hop in. Um, it's exciting. So we're not in a conference room anymore. We're in a new room. Podcast room. The layer. podcast room. Podcast layer. Yeah, three. East 127 on the Mike Avenue. East 127 on the Mike Ave. Yeah. That When I saw that, I was... There's a literal sign that's <laughs> E127 space O-N space T-H-E space M-I-C space A-V-E. You need to take a picture of it and, and put it out there. Yeah, probably. Cool. Drop it on the Insta. The cool part about this room, I was thinking about it. It was unintentional, but now it's it's glorious. We basically built three studios in one. So you have yep. the podcast studio that will also be the vodcast studio. Yep, that will, soon. That will also, you can do announcements from because we have a view that way that's like yep. couch and a cool background and then the shelves behind me and then the, the wood wall behind you. That's three. Unintentional. Three and if you just like want to go industrial, you can like aim at the yeah. ladder. <laughs> like, look, look what we got here. There's also a pretty gnarly orange chain. Yep. Things crazy. Nobody, nobody dies. They were, they were putting electrical in here and, and D-Web goes, so you want you want to plug over by the plant? I was like, wait, plant? Oh, the fake plant that we got <laughs> at the Home Goods. Yeah, put one over Y'all, there. I, I would, we should have like videoed that day of us trying to go find furniture and yeah, plants it was and cold. decorations for this. Cold, rainy. I was freezing. But it was us three and that was probably a horrible idea. It was the day we had off off of school yeah well this t was wearing the dude shoes yeah i hated man i was <laughs> they're so basically like, they're basically boat shoes they yeah. got they got drains in the bottom of them <laughs> and my entire around. shoe was it was cold and it was raining like, he was stepping in puddles <laughs> you're wearing socks right oh yeah yeah so the whole i was able to bring them out when i got home oh God, i was running sweet. i was running through socks and shoes on a rainy day actually furniture jumping on couches <laughs> <laughs> sounded like a duck <laughs> i'm gonna bring my duck on here one day no you shouldn't Oh, we're going to put you on blast for doing that. Please. You see what I'm doing here? This is great. You know what we're talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> what? Just transition. Don't no. Hey, you see the transition? I'm going to put you on blast. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on blast. Watch because today we're talking about cancel culture. <laughs> I've been canceled because of a duck call. Yeah, you have. You um, wouldn't be the first person. What? Phil, the Robinsons basically all got canceled. I didn't even know that. Not really because of the duck call, but just because of his stance on yeah, all kinds of, of things. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this idea kind of, we had this idea, I think like end of last semester, maybe. Yeah, it was it was right around the whole like Kyrie, Kanye. Yeah. Like everything just kind of piled up and there was more than that, but yeah. those are the big ones on the forefront. And we were like, what are we, how, how biblical is that? And yeah. so the idea was thrown out then. And then we had 12 Days of Christmas and then kind of picked back up. In January, and then last week, Jason kind of touched on it a little bit of yeah. canceling mm-hmm. worship bands, worship artists, 
Um, and he touched a little bit on it, but I think having a podcast episode would be would be pretty cool, especially with the day and age that we live yeah. in, um, social media and all that. So um, the first question, um, I think we should be defining what is cancel culture. Um, so y'all, what is cancel culture? Want the definition? Come on. Because I found on, Webster. Come on. Webster. Webster. It's actually not Webster. This oh. is actually, you know where I found this definition? Where? And I actually really like it. Got questions. Oh, wait, it's on got questions. I just, I Googled cancel culture, got questions. And it's actually really, really they, they do a really good job. They need to be a sponsor of this. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Come hey, on. can we reach out to them? Uh, but it says their, their definition of cancel culture is cancel culture is the modern social attitude that controversial speech or behavior must be punished through public shaming, silencing, boycotting, firing, bankrupting, deplatforming, etc. The result is that the offender's influence, presence, and or reputation is canceled out. And canceled out is in quotations. Huh. What is that? Honestly, that's a lot of words for me. Somebody says something that another person doesn't like, and so they turn against them, get everybody mad at them, and because of that, they lose their status, they lose their job, they lose their reputation. Whatever and they're they had. Canceled out, basically. And yeah. so they, they no longer matter. Huh. That's interesting. Intriguing. And, it, and it's happening a lot. Yeah. It's everywhere. I'm trying to think of like the most, like has there been something the past few weeks? I know that we had the Kyrie and Kanye thing last semester. I don't think there's been a huge one since. Um, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I thought there was one. There was a, I know there was one with like a Virginia Tech, was Virginia Tech, Virginia soccer player girl. Oh yeah, but that's right. Recently, I think I, I saw, I just saw like a video on it. And that's so, right. but yeah. And, and this is honestly not even just like a, um, secular issue either. Um, mm -mm. like we've talked about last week, like this is invading into, um, the contemporary space, the, um, Christian sphere, um, which is dangerous. Um, and so kind of going off of that, um, I want to ask, do y'all think that cancel culture is, is biblical? Is it, can it be found in the Bible? Is it backed by the Bible? I, I think the idea can be found in the Bible, but there's yeah. some ideas of a lot of things that are found in the Bible that, um, that we wouldn't say like, Oh, well now it's Those are biblical. because it's in there because it's biblical. Like it's okay to cancel people. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to take the easy way out and be like, no, like it's going to be hard to win the argument that, that, that approach to somebody, um, when, when scripture really clearly says without any, uh, question of translation to love your enemy mm -hmm. and to pray for those that persecute you. Um, now that I, I'm not even going to attempt to put that in the fact that most of the cancel culture things that we see are just probably ridiculous to me. Yep. And yep. if you're to poll a majority of people, they're going to go, that's, I don't care, but maybe the first response or yeah, their response to that was probably a little foolish. Um, and so like I, I can bring that personal thing into this. Uh, that doesn't even touch like the intensity of scripture when it says to pray for yep. <clears throat> those that persecute you to love your enemies, not just like those that sort of offend you mm. or sort of those that sort of have um, irritated your view of truth or how your life should be that, I mean, for a functional Christian, the opposite is true. Surround yourself with people that are going to irritate you to death. Probably yeah. learn to love them really, really well to reflect the gospel to them, not to accept their lifestyle, um, but to, uh, 
to have an opportunity to engage with him. And, mm-hmm. and I'll quit talking in a second, but we had a guy uh, recently join our church who I know outside of church. Mm-hmm. And it, it was funny because I, I, I didn't know like believer or unbeliever. He joined and then I saw him a couple days later and he apologized to me for his actions mm. outside of church. That's crazy. Um, because we, we hadn't, I didn't know him very well. We hadn't got to the point of just like, Hey, what do you do? Yeah. Because as soon as I present to him as I came a college pastor at the church, most people, their actions change pretty fast around mm, you yep. when it's like, Oh, I'm hanging out with a pastor. So I wanted him, like, I want to know you. I want you to be you. And so when he apologized, I said, bro, I, I never asked you to change who you were like yeah. around me. Like I want God to be the agent of that. Mm. I can reflect this to you. And I love that you're kind of apologizing to me, but that's not my goal. Yeah. Like you, you've joined our church. You're going to grow in your faith. You're going to continue to take steps to be more and more Christ-like and you're going to stumble your way through that. And so mm-hmm. like, I, I, I love to see this and mm. I wasn't, I wasn't going to write you off when you came to join. It's like, oh, he said this and he acted this way. Yeah. He's a fool. He shouldn't be here. That's not the approach that we see in scripture. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, go back as, as I was reading through it real quick. I was like, like, let me see if God questions has anything to say about it. And so that's where I found that definition. But then they, they go on the list like, no, it is not biblical. And here's four reasons why first being cancel culture is rash. Um, is a lot of this is it's typically done just like kind of off the fly. And I mean, they, you know, even here's Proverbs 426 is ponder the path of your feet then all your ways will be sure. And so it's like they're going off a lot of rash decisions in that second one, cancel culture is spiteful. Um, Luke 6, 27 to 20 says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. And a lot of times when cancel culture happening, you're not canceling out your friends. I'm not over here trying to cancel you and John out. It is typically when people are canceling yeah. others out, it's somebody they don't like, which scripture is very clear. We are called to love everyone. Doesn't mean somebody can't be wrong, but they uh, typically it's somebody that you don't like or get along with. Cancel culture is judgmental is the third one. Fourth, and this is where I think I, I look at it, and this is the one that I stand with the the most probably is cancel culture is unforgiving. Is a lot of times mm. when something cancel culture happens, typically that person's probably wrong. I agree with that. But if we got canceled for everything everything wrong we did, yeah, good luck. Like yeah. it, is I mess up on the daily. John messes up on the daily. So do you. And so we got canceled for every little thing we do wrong mm. and this world would not be a fun place. And so like that, that scares me and that it's, it's typically unforgiving is based off of one, one thing they did is these other sinners are now canceling them out and they they get to be the judges of what's right or wrong. And a lot of times it's people with obviously big platforms, big, yeah. being able to, to speak and get it out to a lot of people. And so people are like, no, you're wrong. But it's like, I stand by that is if we can't be forgiving in that and it's just like one thing and they're done. Like who, who am I? Like I, I should be canceled. You should be canceled. John should be canceled. And so that's, that's where I kind of stand on it. And I like the, I like those points, but I really resonate with the, the fact that it's unforgiving. Um, there's not any love in cancel culture. Mm. I, I feel like a a big argument for this would be, um, and you mentioned this before we even started of if you aren't, I forget which word you used. Um, if you aren't rejecting it, then you're supporting it. Something of that nature. Um, and so let's, let's say theoretically someone does something horrific, um, in the public sphere. Um, and some people are jumping on this cancel culture, it may not even be super aggressive, but some sort of cancel culture. Um, and, and you don't support that, um, the canceling of this person and you kind of take a backseat on the cancel culture side of things of not shaming them on Instagram, not shaming them on social media. Like what's the right response when it seems like everyone is coming at them. And you said, I'm kind of challenging. I'm probably playing devil's advocate a little bit, but 
Um, like how would you kind of approach that of, um, I don't know, like theoretically in that situation. So, Hey, I'm trying to get you right. So, so theoretically someone so, does, it's kind of a twofold question of, um, like everyone's doing it right. Everyone's canceling this person, person X. Um, and earlier you said, if you're not rejecting something, then theoretically you're supporting, supporting it. it. Um, and maybe that only applies to, you know, worship artists or, or whatnot, but yeah. how would you kind of go about that? And it'll lead into my next question in a little bit. Yeah. I, so actually, so Sunday I taught, I taught through James, the disciple, and I'm actually, I'm going back to look at my notes, but it is in here. Um, it is, it, I was talking about is they were him and John were called sons of thunder and they walk up to this village or village's town that would didn't, that did not want Christ there. And he was like, let, let's, let's pray and rain down fire on this village. And, and Christ's response was, if I can, um, where, where is it? It's in here somewhere, but his basically is like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, he says, Lord, he said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And then Christ said, but he turned and rebuked them said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And then they went on to another village. But it's similar to that is like James in this immediately goes, and he's just like, we're going to burn them down. And yeah. and let's call fire down. Um, and a lot of times I think that's going to be a little bit like cancel cultures. It's like, hey, boom, here we go. Yeah. But Christ, it's not, he's not here supporting them. Mm-hmm. And in this passage, he's saying, hey, we're going to, we're going to love them because we, we came not to destroy men's life, but to save them. And in the same way is I think that as, as you go about this is just because you don't say anything mm-hmm. doesn't mean you support them. And, and for me is, and I talked about this as a lot of our, a lot of our students are very passionate about certain topics is we have some students that are very passionate about abortion, um, politics, LGBTQ, but that doesn't mean they're going around and being like, Hey, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. We're still called to love them, but that doesn't mean they have to talk about it every second of the day. And so when I look at that and think about cancel culture and all these things going on, just because you don't outright go and say, hey, this is wrong. Yep. What did Kyrie, what did he say? Was that wrong? Yes, he was wrong. Kanye, same thing. But that doesn't mean I have to go out and the postings to my story on Instagram, tell everybody about it, how you're wrong, how you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But me not saying anything doesn't mean that I don't support them. Am I, yep. can I pray for them in private? Yes. Can Can I be talking to other people about those conversations? Yes. And so as I, I think... Just because you're not outright saying they're wrong doesn't mean you're supporting them. And so I think you have to find that balance. And that's where I'm even talking to Jason like last week on that is with the whole Hillsong thing is I think he does a good job of that. And like that would be me playing devil's advocate if like, okay, if you're not going to say they're wrong, but if you sing their songs, are you supporting them? And the same way is just because you're not going around and saying you're wrong, you're wrong, never listen to this, don't talk to this, I'm not listening to Kanye, not going to watch Kyrie play basketball games, whatever it is. And those are just two examples is that doesn't mean you su- you support what they do. Yeah. Um, you can love in private, you can pray in private, and you can do all these things mm-hmm. without going out and publicly shaming them. Yeah, I think it's kind of also too. You can you can do that when you're in a spot when you know who the judge is at the end of the day, yeah. and you know who the one who knows right from wrong, um, and who's living in the light and who's living in the darkness, um, which is huge. Um, the reason I ask that is to sort of transition into this next question of. Um, how how are these different? So we have we have cancel culture. We've kind of defined this. So how is holding someone accountable, specifically pastors, teachers, even Bible study leaders? I'll go there. Um, like how do you hold these people accountable without becoming um, trying to cancel that person? Um, that, that Mike didn't catch your breath. Like, That's um, funny. 
change, breath in there. change the change the gate on this mic. No, I, I think in in simple form, me just thinking through that, uh, your addressing of sin or biblical issues or things that somebody's struggling with has to come from um, a relationship. I guess is the best way to, to say yep. that I can, I can zoom out in the Christian world and I can see a brother just acting a fool and, yep. and be like, I assume he's a Christian because of his t-shirt and I'm a Christian. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go and address this. And there may be moments where that like might have to take place. Um, I, but I would consider those just rare and drastic. I, I believe that that scripture just really clearly calls us to address sin issues um, in relationship, um, not in yep. a vacuum. And, and in doing so, I would often say, uh, and we see this in the lives of college students, see this in adults, the process of going before somebody and doing that is actually a pretty big commitment mm-hmm. to be like, I'm going to go and call you out on this stuff. And so you, you're on one, one of two sides of the fence. That I think we see pretty often either you want to destroy them. You're just evil in your actions. Even as a believer, you're going, I don't like this person. I'm going to call them out in the hopes that it just wrecks their life. Or you're going to say, I recognize this in you. And it's something we say a lot. I'm going to go ahead and get in the ditch with you. Mm. I'm I'm not going to join you in your sin, but I recognize where you're at. And I'm going to help you get out of here. It's not even like, Hey, you're in the ditch. Could you please come out of the ditch? Because up here is where it's better. No, I'm going to, I'm going to get down in there and help you get out of that. Yeah. Um, And so that's the opposite side. That's like really messy. But in order to do, to engage in that, you have to have the approach of love. And so your goal is not, let's see if I can wreck them. It's actually, um, let's see if we can restore them. And, and in that, it's that restoration. I think Jesus models this well, even though we, we know this can't be true, but Jesus says, you're going to do greater things than I did. Mm. When you're walking by the Holy Spirit, you're going to do things that I did not do. Um, and so in restoration, you see a goal of them being better than you. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a pretty big deal for us selfish humans mm-hmm. around the world to be like, I want to get you to a place that you're functioning in a better space than even I am. Mm. Uh, and so it, it's, it's just wrapped up in our love for each other, I think is the first, the first part of that that has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I go to, which is funny, we we're in it right now and um, our Bible studies, but second Timothy is going to three sixteen and 17 is that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for what teaching reproof, correction and training in righteousness. Nowhere in there does it say canceling or mm. hurting or harming people as we go. And it's, it's profitable for what, and in, in, in all of our actions is I, I try to go about and we even look at it like in worship and going about things is everything we do. We try to, we want it to be biblically based is we want it to be supported by scripture and what we do in our actions and so if I go and look at this, is that it is God's scripture, it is it's breathed out by God, and it's good for what? Well, it's good for teaching. Is teaching canceling? No, teaching is, is helping people learn, giving people information. Is like, hey, this is who I am. This is the story of Christ. Reproof, again, correction, training in righteousness, is all these things. Nowhere in here is it like, hey, scripture is great for canceling people mm-hmm. and harming them and their platform and and all these things. And so I, as again, I go to that. It's like that, that's a scripture for me. It's like, is it, is it biblical? No. But when I look at this, is it teach good for teaching, reproof, correction, training? Yeah. You can do that with friends is, is there's times that like we've talked about it. Discipleship with me, you and Saul was that we we've had issues with someone. We had to go back to scripture. And what does this say about us? We, we need to correct our actions in this. And it's like, we need to be yeah. better in this area. And so I look at these things is yes, there is a big difference in, in nowhere in scripture is I, I think cancel culture, a good thing. Um, because I don't think it is biblically supported. Does it happen in the Bible, like John said? Yes, but it's not biblically supported. Whereas going and talking to people about sin issues, 
Um, I think that is, that is supported, and, and you see it all throughout Scripture. And like John said, that's a commitment. That's not just some like, oh, hey, you sin, by the way. Like, what's up with that? Like, no, you got you to gotta attack this thing strong. Um, and so, yes, there is a difference. Yeah, that's good. Also, this kind of sparked an idea for me when we talked about gossip a few weeks ago. Um, I think gossip would be the turn towards cancel culture because yeah. then you start stirring among mm. three or four people, um, and that spreads to... 10 people and, and then, then 15 people. All of a sudden you're at thousands of millions. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's even tied into this of um, that line that you said, gossip is the opposite of the gospel. I think gossip is also the opposite of holding someone accountable um, because mm-hmm. I think holding people accountable is, is biblically based and we see it all over scripture. Um, and so I just thought of that while, while you were talking. So, um, so you talked about addressing people one-on-one, um, using scripture to hold people accountable. Are there any other sort of examples or ideas that y'all um, know of that can hold people accountable that shies away from just straight out canceling them? Uh, I think that that's probably the biblical, biblical approach. Um, I'm still trying to wrap this in with um, like what cancel culture looks like outside of a church context and, and sort of how we're, how we're battling against that inaccountability or whatever this looks like. Uh, probably there, there's some, uh, there's some pretty unbelievable characters in scripture. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the least appreciated or the least that we focused on is the group. Um, and so it's like Paul did so-and-so did so-and-so, but like groups of people cause yeah. havoc and bring like joy in spaces. And this is mm. old Testament narrative. A lot of times we lean on the negative, but there's a lot of good that happened in there too. But it's a lot of negative where, where if, if, if the leader is up on the mountain meeting with God and the mm. group is left, yeah. um, a few rile them up to the point of like, yeah. Oh, this is a good idea. Mm. Um, and, and so when you, when you think about, uh, first Corinthians 1533, you're not be deceived, good company corrupts or bad company corrupts, good character. Um, it's, it's not, that word is not a bad person. And a lot of times it's like, Hey, I'm having company over. And so you think it's like one person. This is not, this is talking about a group. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so if, if you zoom in on, on the riots of, of in our context, I think of like Minneapolis, I think of places like that where what type of person by themselves Mm. throws a brick through a shop window and catches a target on fire. Mm. That's not the normal function, but you get a a few sort of bad people together and a few good people together underneath this idea that there's something out there that's irritating us. Then the good all of a sudden start picking up bricks. Yeah. And even that definition of good is a little bit weird. Yeah. But what we would go like, Hey, you're a good little boy or girl. This is not in your character. Oh, within this group, this is my character. I feel alive. Mm. Um, and, and so that, that idea is out there. And, and so you have to understand when we talk about the, the essential nature of community, how God created you that way, um, all of those things are true in, in right form, in right places. And so even when we talk about bad company corrupting good moral or good more moral character, I think the opposite is true too. When, when yeah. you engage in Christian community, that that becomes the normal function in your heightened irritation, you, you're actually calmed, not mm. encouraged. Um, and it, when you talk about, this works both ways. When we talk about, hey, be careful with some of the people that you hang out with. It's easy, the, the youth pastor illustration where yeah. like the tiny kids up on the chair and, yeah. or the tiny kids on the ground, the big kids up on the chair, lift up the tiny kid, can't. 
tiny kid yanks the, the yeah. big dude off the chair. Um, we, we do talk about that and that's essential. It's like, Hey, be careful who you hang out with, but that's, that's a company thing. Mm-hmm. It's rare that that's an individual. And so, um, that, that aspect of it is pretty important when we say, what does accountability look like? Yes. Like that is one-on-one in friendship, one-on-one in engaging people, two-on-one, three-on-one, small group, one, whatever that looks like where you're growing in that. Um, but you, you are strengthened or encouraged or impassioned to do those things when you see them in mm-hmm. bigger scale. Um, it's much easier. It was much easier for me moving to, to this area of the country, to Aggieland in 2019. It's, it was much easier for me to be an Aggie fan here mm-hmm. than it was anywhere yeah. else. I, when I moved here, I had been to more Aggie football games than anything else in my life. Mm-hmm. I already knew like this culture. I'd already engaged in it. They're, they're a team that I liked. But when I moved here, I was like, oh, this is so much easier. Yeah. And it's easier to hate on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so much easier in this. And so your community is one of those things that will breed accountability. It, it will make you desire it on a one-on-one or smaller group mentality when you see it in a bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it like look at it within our ministry is if you look from top down or whatever is is if john and myself are not bought into what 127 is and what it stands for then none of our leaders are is they're going to take on the same mindset and we tell our we tell our bible studies and i try to remind them bible study leaders try to remind them i mean weekly is that hey if you're not bought in your bible study's not bought in yeah And, and so is when you see our leaders that are just like hey like I breathe like 127 because of the community I found in it, because of what it's done for my walk with the Lord. Um, but then when you have leaders who don't, and they're just like, oh, like I'm, I'm kind of on the fringe, like I'm okay with it. Like, I don't know if I can commit to all these things. Well, the people they're leading are going to be yeah. the same way. And so it is that's what I look look at, and specifically in the church, and even, and you look at it like John said, the cancel culture is the those groups are going to take on um, typically what the leaders are going on. So I look at it, it's like who... For me, who am I following? Like, who who am I following and placing myself under, and who am I trusting in leadership over me? And for me, that's that's people like John and Jim and Mike and my dad, um, and, and those people. And I trust their leadership, and I'm going to follow them. And their their leadership is rooted scripturally. But I think a lot of times in scripture, it's people placing placing their their trust and they're they're following in people who don't have that scripturally rooted um is is that they're what you would consider worldly leaders and it's um they're in it for the fame they're in it for their name they're in it to to do what it is for the money i don't know but they're not doing it out of an act of service like scripture says whereas the guys like i mentioned that i've i've put my trust in and i'm like hey i'm willing to follow them and do what they say Mm -hmm. is all those people i would say they act out of a place of leadership that is that is rooted around service, which is biblical for them. And so I can trust in that. But I think a lot of times with cancel culture and even and even how we're going about it with like the Hillsong and stuff is you can put your trust in good people, but that doesn't mean it is these people. Sometimes we get those things wrong and, and that's okay. But I think a lot of times is these people place their leadership or their trust and leadership in the wrong people yeah. uh, because those leaders aren't, they're not backing their actions and their thoughts of scripture. Mm. That's good. I, I kind of want to, we've kind of hit on the, I think the cancel culture part of those who are believers. Um, so I kind of want to close, um, and this may take a little bit, but how as believers do we respond to the culture that we live in that is very easily and quickly to cancel? Um, so like in the in the scenarios of, of the Kanye's and, and things like that, like how do us as believers respond? Um, should we be vocal about it? Should we stay quiet? Like what's sort of our response to that? I have these... 
weird sinful thoughts probably just like <laughs> let them let them go like, yeah. just let them, yeah. let let them get out get out in the forest and fight each other um now i i want to lean into a, a chunk of scripture that really does connect even to what we're doing on sunday night with with the the context that timothy's in and where paul is writing to timothy and the insanity that really is ephesus that's happening in acts chapter 19 there's a riot that breaks out in ephesus that's led by demetrius the silversmith who uh is irritated at the Christians who are affecting the response to certain festivals. And so these guys are going to be like, they make money of people coming into their community and buying their goods. And they prepare to, you know, it would be like the, the modern day flea market where the guy's at home mm-hmm. making his things and takes them. Paul's wrecking that. Um, or the Christian movement, it really is wrecking that. And so he's mad and he, he brings along with him. This is, this would be the start of cancel culture, I guess. He, he brings along with him other silversmiths that, mm-hmm. um, aren't necessarily offended, but he goes, Hey, because of the actions of these, this is what we're getting. They begin to get riled up yep. and then the crowd begins to follow, um, and follow them around. And so that entire story is in Acts chapter 19. Um, and you can read through, uh, the government responds. They start screaming over the government officials. It's, yep. it's what you would see in our modern context is happening in Ephesus. And then when you get to, uh, verse, we'll go verse 35 and the city clerk had, calmed the crowd down, he said, people of Ephesus, what person is there who doesn't know that the city of the Ephesians is the temple guardian of the great Artemis and the image that fell from heaven? Verse 36. Therefore, since these things are undeniable, you must keep calm and not do anything rash. For you have brought these men here who are not temple robbers or blasphemers for our goddess. So if Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a case against anyone, the courts are in session. And there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another there. Um, and and so he he doesn't even he doesn't be like, you all need the gospel. Quit acting a fool. Yeah. He's just just and he's calm and he says, We we have a process to mm-hmm. this. And if you're offended by their actions, then do something about it in within our process. Um, and so, so it was a, a calm, just guy who doesn't pretend to be the judge of the matters of things that he doesn't know much about. He doesn't try to be like, well, this is, you know, this is actually scientifically what a fetus is and doesn't drop that information on him. Um, he just says, Hey, here's the process and we have this process and you have an issue, take it before the judges and, and see what happens. Like trust, trust that aspect of it. Um, so I think a lot of times when we're dealing with people, not with cancel culture, because I think we've already said like Christians, this shouldn't be your yeah. thing. Um, I've been involved in church stuff for a long time. And there, there are moments where the church has churches that I've worked at have literally been wronged by people. Mm. And the church has to make a decision. Do we go after them? Like we could sue them and get a lot of money for this. We could, we could do that. Um, thankfully I've been with leaders that have always went, I don't have that authority within scripture to do this. Yeah. They've wronged us. We recognize that they've wronged us. They've recognized that they've wronged us. Forgive and let's go. Yeah. Um, and so like, I think that's our approach to cancel culture. But then when you're dealing with it rampantly in, within your culture, that's going to be the thing where you go, oh, here's the process. I recognize that you're upset. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be upset. What I'm saying is, is here should be your proper response. And so in, in big communities, um, I don't want to make this assumption, but, but I think this can be true in a lot of spaces where 
cancel culture is rampant or cancel culture leads to riots and, and wild responses that are played on TV for a long time are also in places where the church has been squashed or, or the church hasn't risen up in its proper form. Um, and, and I don't want to take, I'm going to, I want to say, I don't want to, and I'm going to, um, cities like Minneapolis, for example, where that happened, um, the, the guy who took John Piper's place at that church has now resigned mm. because of the, the, the mindset of the leadership towards cancel culture and towards acceptance and towards things like that, yeah. which means that even a church that a lot of us would look at and go, man, Bethlehem, like, I think that that's a pretty solid place. Like I trust some of the things that I trust almost everything that Piper says and that he writes. I believe that he's faithfully following Christ. That church is susceptible to it. Mm. And, and they should be, I've been to that church. Like they should be a beacon in that yeah. community. Like where they're at is downtown surrounded by people. You know, I'm sure that the riots passed right past them yeah. and, and they should have been the people to, to have already risen up and go, this is how we respond to things. But when the church is silent or fades, then people respond in what we would expect them to in like sinful, anger filled uh, passionate filled justice when they believe that the right people can't supply that justice because they're not trusting in the mm. ultimate one. Um, even when the government may be corrupt in those spaces, they're not trusting in a guy who has all of it anyway. Yeah. Good. That's solid stuff. Money, dude. Money, dude. Oh. Right? Money, dude. Um, y'all have any other concluding thoughts on good old cancel culture? <sighs> I'm the probably, deep breath. I would say it, but I'd probably get canceled, man. <laughs> That's good, bro. You've been canceled? I, not to the extent of, I think, what we're talking about now, thankfully. Is it, is it ever good? What? Like cancel culture. I don't, I don't think there's ever been a positive for canceling someone. Yeah. I, I can't recall a time where it's like this person's been called out and attacked by so many people and they just like, they re- recover in a way that's. I don't think it, like if, even if they do recover in a way that's glorifying to the Lord, it's not a, out of a response to the cancel culture. Sure. I was, I was thinking about, cause we, I've taken, I wrote a blog about it. I've, I've taken shots at Kanye um, and unapologetic about that. Uh, cause I, I like, I love, like, I love the, <laughs> he needs some help. Um, I love some of, some of the things that I've encouraged people to do to like pray for, for some of the most radical and uh, talented brothers and sisters in the world to, to come to faith. Yeah. Like, like if, if this is the cool, like if, if Eminem would become a believer and start writing Christian Sheesh. rap and like show up, That'd be wild. He would show up at passion 127 conference. Like, like the, just the idea of, of the hyper talented individuals out there that use it for selfish gain. Yeah. Um, and so like with Kanye, when, when I don't know, like the, legitimacy of his salvation, but he went through the thing that he went through. And then I was the guy who was like, please go away. Like not, not go away from the planet, but go be quiet and be discipled and be encouraged by somebody and then come back and use this platform. That's gigantic. Um, to, to impact the gospel instead. I mean, we know where we're at now. And so there was part of me that went like, yeah, Mm. it fell apart. And, and, and that's selfish of me and sinful of me. Probably where I was like, I, I was like, he failed. And that's kind of what I was hoping for. I don't think I was hoping for his failure. I was just like yeah. hoping like, would he just be calmed down? And maybe I'm going to bring a whole new thing into this. And maybe oh, this gosh. will be another discussion. Maybe that's like what God wanted. Yeah. Um, mm. Like is, 
if if God is in control and is just and is the second half of First Timothy that I talked about, First Timothy one, that that salvation is his fault and the means of which you're saved are his fault, but then everything else also is his fault. Um, and so can we go cancel culture is his fault? That's a, that's a weird, it's a weird stretch, but I, I believe, and I've said it, I believe that there are, there are pastors and there are churches that get to the point that God is not their focus anymore. And I believe he wrecks them um, for his glory and they get canceled and we go, well, that was cancel culture. That was kind of mean. And, and yeah, like, I can't explain that. I'm not going to, it's going to yeah. be hard for me to be like, this is why God functions this way. Um, but we would also have this conversation about heaven and hell and why he would allow that for his glory in ways that I don't fully understand. Maybe that's also a thing yeah. um, where sometimes we go, oh, as a church, we may not say that out loud, yeah. uh, you know, on, in the Twitter verse or somewhere like that, but True. it's like, hey, God got you. Mm. Got, you got God, bro. Got God. So you got it, it brings it full circle that I don't think Christians can function in that realm to be like, I'm going to cancel whoever I want to. Yeah. I think our approach, our biblical mandate is to love and to encourage and to try to restore in every point. But yeah. I also believe that God has the authority when he wants to. And we see it. Um, yeah. We see it with nations and we see it with people and individuals in scripture. And I think we've seen it throughout history where he can go. All right. Good. I'm going to give you what you want. You don't follow me anymore. I'm not even going to give you a chance. Mm. Wow. What a way to end. Sorry. No, that was good. That was really good. I think that'll probably stir up another another conversation. Right. Round that'll, three. That'll probably be a six week long podcast. We get one percent into it. Um, well, we thank you guys for listening. Uh, for those who are listening on probably the day or the day after this comes out, thank join you, us this Sunday, Super Bowl Bye. Sunday. Come open, on, doors open at five p.m. Invite someone. Invite three people you don't know. That's, yep. a, that's our three challenge people. to you. I told the guys whoever brings the most people not from this church launches on me and John. With me and John. That's it's gonna be fun. That's awesome. So, so someplace cool. Garrett said he invited the whole core. Yeah. I wanna see it. That's That'd be a play. Be awesome. That's gonna be awesome. Uh, so we hope to see you guys this Sunday, but if not, we'll see you guys right back here Thursday for another episode of East one twenty seven on the Mike Avenue. Just kidding. Just one twenty seven on the mic. It's, <laughs> it's a place to be. 